This week on the High Ground Podcast, we will be going into some Star Wars factions. We'll be talking about uh, hot items like the Jedi and Sith and uh, their responsibilities and what they're to blame for. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be talking about right here on the High Ground Podcast. distracted <laughs> <laughs> all right hello thank you guys and welcome to the high ground podcast we are here to talk about uh the factions in star wars um the jedi and sith and uh, we talk a little little empire republic uh again this is not a political podcast i know there are some things <laughs> that might parallel or overlap but let's uh <laughs> let's be conscious of that <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, the first thing I wanted to do is kind of go around and have everyone introduce themselves. So I'm going to say, uh, you know, who are you? Uh, how did you get into Star Wars? And what faction would you be a part of? Um, so Jedi, Sith, Mando, Clone, First Order, Pirate, um, <laughs> uh, whatever. And I will go to Jessica first. My name is Jessica, and how I got into Star Wars was, um, I think it's always been like there in the peripheral, um, but when I was about nine or 10 as a family, we borrowed some cassettes from a friend and over the course of like three Saturdays, watched the original trilogy in order. And then that was just like the most amazing thing. I loved the end of uh, uh, Return of the Jedi so much. I was obsessed with it. And this was the early 90s, so there wasn't like extended universe. I think the Thrawn series had just come out. I read that. I read the novelizations. I read biographies about George Lucas because I wanted to know everything that I possibly could. <laughs> um, and was so excited anytime. I think I harassed my lo local Barnes and Noble like when <laughs> Kevin J. Anderson was putting out his trilogy and I needed to know what happened with Kip and the Sun Destroyer and Luke and all these things that happened. And I just always <laughs> I get excited anytime something new comes out, um, anytime there's new content. I can't keep up with all of it now, but yeah, it's always been, and it's something that it, it relates to everyone. It's like, my dad's proud of something I've done. He'll tell me, oh, everything's proceeding exactly as I have proceeded. Like, <laughs> background noise of my life to an extent. So it's something that's, not important and yet extremely important. No, I, I love it. I love it. Um, a final question is uh, what faction would you be in if you were in Star Wars? Having just completed the Clone Wars, I have um, some issues with the Jedi, but I think I'd still be a Jedi unless I could grow up on Dathomir and have a pet Rancor because they are the pit bulls of the Star Wars universe. They're so misunderstood. <laughs> that's that's true i mean you're channeling some courtship of princess leia exactly okay all right love it um and how, how about you pat um i got into star wars it's a little fuzzy because it's always sort of been there um my brother had a lot of the toys he grew up you know he was born before they came out um i think the first time i actually saw a New Hope was literally on network TV over the air 
Like, I don't even think we had cable at the time. Um, but it's something like, like anytime it was on, we would watch. I didn't own any of it until um, I didn't own any of it until like I, I could buy it myself as I got a little older. But um, I went with to the theater with my dad when the special editions came out. Um, I went by myself to see Phantom Menace and, uh, I did, I did, I saw everything in theaters. And then, um, this later chapter of my life, uh, I introduced my wife to star Wars and, um, we went and we saw the sequels together, uh, all three of them. And, uh, star Wars is just something that's like always been there. I've always been in love with it. Um, recently I started reading the books because I started doing TikTok and people would be talking about stuff. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> um, and if I could pick a faction, I'd probably be a Jedi just because I, I wouldn't want to be a Sith. And I think I would probably just end up being a way seeker or an archivist. Yeah. Uh, awesome. I, I love it. And uh, how about you, Fern? Hello, I'm Fern. Um, so I feel like I grew up Star Wars adjacent. My brother really liked Star Wars, so I was vaguely aware of the movies. I have very clear memories of watching like Return of the Jedi. Um, but it wasn't until I was 13 and just stumbled upon a book in the Jedi Apprentice series that I really fell head over heels in love with Star Wars. Um, and I remember that the, the summer I was 13, just going to the library and checking out and reading as many Star Wars books as I could and then getting into the Clone Wars um, that summer. And it's just been with me ever since. Oh, and uh, I am the resident Jedi apologist. So I, I would be a <laughs> Jedi all the way. Ever since I, I read those books, um, I related to characters who are Jedi. I related to Jedi philosophy and doctrine. Um, so I would definitely be a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then everyone knows my story by by now. Uh, and it's funny because I, you know, it's I go by Darth Chaco, but try as I as I would like, I I still I would be a Jedi. I couldn't be a Sith. Uh, <laughs> I I've, I've tried. It it doesn't work for me. Um, and if you if you guys and. I know Fern has has been reading them. I'm not sure exactly how far you are, Pat, but um, if you start reading High Re High Republic stuff and seeing yeah. the way Jedi are are supposed to do things, it's beautiful, refreshing, and awesome. But uh, we, we were going to get more into that. But beyond being a Jedi, I would I could I could see myself being a pirate or like a I could be like a, a gambler be hanging out with, with Booster Tarek on his, his big red Star Destroyer. Um, yeah, yeah, I would love it. Also, Fern, you're getting lots and lots of love in the chat. From We got uh, Julia Christine in here, Brooke, um, Eleanor, uh, Marsh, Emma Gregory. Just, yeah, the whole whole chat right now is a, uh, is a Fern fan club. I feel uh, so honored. <laughs> I, I still maintain, though, that I have a hard time trusting you in the glasses. Uh, I feel like <laughs> I, f I feel like you're gonna tell me that your last name is Octavius. Uh, <laughs> 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 Arms are gonna come out. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a whole thing. Um, but yeah, all right, let's jump into it. So first, we're, we're gonna start with with uh, we're gonna ease into this like an old man into a bathtub. Uh, so. 
first we start with Jedi versus Sith. Um, I'll just kind of go around and think of your your thoughts on the factions because I do get these uh, comments, you know, on a regular basis that say, "Oh, does the Sith are right?" I actually made a TikTok about it yesterday. Um, so the Sith are actually the good guys. Uh, so what do you what do you guys think of of that or where? Sith first Jedi in philosophy and action. And I'll, I'll start with Pat. So I don't understand that at all. The The Jedi are obviously the good guys. They're By the time we meet them um, in the late Republic, as I like to call it, the Clone, the Clone Wars era, they're flawed. They've, they've become too dependent on dogma than listening to the will of the force and i that's why i've been keeping up with the high republic i need to know what happens uh, i need to know what it is that elzar man saw because i think that um that is is the turning point for them but um no they, they're flawed yeah they're a religious order that sort of became dependent on the state that's never a good place to be but they're, they're not the bad guys. I mean, the Sith literally are selfish. Like, that's the whole point of the dark side. Um, I was having a thought as I was driving home from work. It's, I don't see the dark side and the light side of the Force. The Force is. It's how you use it. it it's, uh, I, I, I made the analogy to myself. Um, think of splitting the atom. We can use that to kill us all, or we can use it to power the Earth indefinitely. And the Force is the same thing. You can use it as an ally, you can use it for wisdom and defense, or you can use it and dominate it to um, to, to impose your will on others. Um, and that that's really what it boils down to for me. So that's what the Sith do, and power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. When you start using this power to impose your will, what ends up happening is you become corrupted yourself. That's we see it everywhere. It's that's part of the core of the force so no i the jedi aren't the jedi aren't the bad guys they just made some really bad decisions out of well we'll get into that but it's, it's a lot of a lot of fear yeah we'll, we'll dive <laughs> we'll dive deep into that uh how about you fern i think what is i think the well-intentioned approach to the the sith are the good guys or maybe just the Sith are more uh, morally ambiguous than you might think. Um, that perspective is the idea that emotions are not good or bad. They just are. They're just a part of us. And so anger and fear and these negative emotions might be unpleasant to experience, but they're necessary and we need them and they're healthy to experience. Um, and so I, I do understand that perspective, um, I think, the problem is when um, even even going further than when you're ruled by those emotions, when you use those emotions as justification to do harm to others, that's what the Sith are. That's what the Sith do. Um, so while I, I almost understand that perspective and that way of looking at the Sith, I, I don't think it holds a lot of water. Um, as for the Jedi, I have <laughs> said this so many times, and I'll probably say it till the day I die, the Jedi were flawed because all institutions are flawed. Um, 
I'm a teacher, the public school system is incredibly flawed. Um, it's still a net good in the world. We still need public education. Um, the flaws don't negate the good things that this system provides. And I feel the same about the Jedi. Um, and I do think things become complicated as we get closer to the Clone Wars era. And I would sort of disagree with, well, I don't know if disagree is the right word, but um, the idea that they had moved away from the force and focused too much on dogma. I'm always really skeptical of um, the like spiritual but not religious perspective um, because I think it comes from like a very specific cultural context. Um, so I, I want to like always be critical or, or questioning of that perspective, but I do think that like they abdicate responsibility in a way that is harmful. And it's a, it's an institution that's flawed. However, I still think that they are not only the good guys, but um, not only the good guys in like a narrative sense, um, but like a group of people who are trying their hardest to do good, um, even when they fall short of that. Okay, I, I love that. Very well said. Uh, how about you, Jess? I was thinking about um, after the son attacks the daughter. I, I don't remember if it's Anakin or Obi Wan that basically says, "How could you? How could you still love him? How, why don't you hate him?" And her response is, "It's in his nature. Like you can't hold it against it him that it's his nature to be, for lack of a better explanation, on the dark side." But that's presupposing that the Jedi or the Sith don't have the option of choosing or going against their nature or saying, yes, this is my nature, or I have this angry thought or emotion at this moment, and therefore I have to give in to it because it's my nature. They have choices in what they're going to do. And essentially, the Sith make extremely selfish choices craving power, craving authority, craving ability. And am I frozen? Uh, yes. Yeah, you, you're, your yeah, face is frozen. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I'm still. So I... Yeah, I, we can still hear you. Okay, I was worried because all of you guys froze for a second. But the Sith, they... They're... They, no, no, they just don't have any good behind them. How could you say that they're the good guys? they are full of deception and illusion and to say that they're the good guys is falling into that deception and illusion it's believing something that is essentially a lie and the jedi for all their imperfections because obviously they're imperfect people they have good intentions and there were things that could have been avoided there were paths that they <laughs> could have been, but those paths were also obscured by by a, an, another institution that they refused to, to, to believe was still around at that point. So there's a lot of conflicting things, but no, the Jedi aren't the bad guys. There are some bad guys in the Jedi, but no, no they're definitely the good guys. <coughs> Pong Krill. Uh, <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, I, we we I'm gonna form a Pong Krell like hate club, and we're gonna have like a dartboard uh, with his face on it, or something like that. Although I, I will say I hate Riff Tamson more. I just hate that stupid shark face guy. I don't know why. Just his existence irritates me. Um, <laughs> Is he your Coleman Trevor? 
<laughs> yes, yes, he is my Coleman Trevor. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, I mean, I, I, I agree with, with you guys, with uh, the Sith. A lot of times the arguments that I hear people say is, you know, the Sith... Um, the Sith are actually the good guys because the, the Jedi kidnap children and brainwash them, and that the the Jedi, um, the Jedi were were too involved in politics and all this stuff. And I'm like, you you can't choose the Sith over the Jedi for those reasons. Like there is literally an episode of the Clone Wars where Sidious hires Cad Bane to kidnap children. And bring him to Musafar. So, like, obviously they, they do kidnap children. That happens again in Rebels, too. They're trying to... The Inquisitors are trying to kidnap children. So, like, that's... Well, it happened in uh, Fallen Order, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do, do you think they were looking for... <laughs> the Sith would use that list for wholesome reasons? No. No, I, I don't think so. Um, uh, additionally... Yeah, the Jedi may have gotten too close to politics, but the Sith ran th- the politics. Palpatine led everything, so you you can't get more involved in politics than being Supreme Chancellor and Emperor. Can can you <laughs> you know what I mean? So like both of those reasons are are super weird to me. Um, I. I don't know how to say that. I feel like um, most commonly when I talk to people who have problems with the Jedi Order, a lot of them were Catholic, <laughs> specifically. But um, I, <laughs> I, I, I feel like a, there's, there's a lot of items that get transposed from personal experience onto the Jedi that, that may not necessarily be actually their rule, right? So, like, for a long time, it was believed that the Jedi were celibate. That's actually never been a thing. That's never been been stated. Um, We find out more about that in the High Republic, but uh, we also find out some of that in, you know, Rail Avaros is a dog, you know? (laughs) Uh, My dog. Oh, no, I I love Rail. He was aptly named, we'll say. But, um... Uh, there, there are certain things like that where it's transposed from somewhere else. It wasn't ever stated in Star Wars, but we believe it because we're making these assumptions. And since a lot of us t- discovered Star Wars when we were young, this is how we made sense of our world around us. Um, I find that's why so many young people will hate Mace Windu, for instance. Why? Because they identified as Anakin, and Mace Windu in Anakin weren't best friends. <laughs> I love Mace Windu. And I think Anakin was an idiot a lot. So, <laughs> uh, that's, that's kind of where, where I land on it. But, um, yeah, I mean, going forward, like, let's, let's talk about Anakin and, and his fall. Um, and, uh, again, you know, I want this to be conversational, right? Because so, I feel like this is a, a topic we can to speak on so i i will go to uh i'll go to jessica first but um yeah we'll 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 talk this out so anakin why did he fall and uh who's responsible 
everyone's responsible. Like, it's just such a difficult situation where he was taken from somebody who loved him and indoctrinated into an order. And he's such a sweet boy when we first meet him. All he wants to do is help everyone around him. So he has that responsibility um, to his mother, to those people that he's, he's never met before. And he's like, where, how can I help, you know? And I think that he carries that throughout his life and doesn't actually stop to learn who he is and what he wants necessarily beyond how he relates to everyone around him. I think it's so sad that when you first meet him, He's so determined to tell you I'm a person and my name is Anakin to not be defined by the fact that he's a slave. And yet he is a slave for the rest of his life in one form or another. I mean, it, it's very harsh to say that the Jedi are enslaving him, but in another way, he told Ahsoka that he had thought about leaving the order and he just couldn't do it. It was something that was important to him, but it was also something that was holding him back. So, and then he, and then he, he falls, you know, and he's enslaved to Palpatine and he's enslaved to his own being a Sith. And it's so tragic that he doesn't want to be a slave. He doesn't want to be defined by one thing. And yet he essentially is, but who's responsible for that? He should have made better decisions, but he was being groomed by somebody who had these toxic intentions from the time he was a child. Palpatine had the same amount of time with him that the Jedi had with him and basically was feeding him that, that Sith rhetoric, you know? He was spoon feeding it to him. So yeah, Anakin's responsible and he should have made better decisions. It's like a lot of people have really terrible childhoods and they can say, because of this, I have no choice but to be like my parents or to be like the environment I was raised in. And then there's a lot of people that have terrible childhoods and say, because of that, I will not be like this or like that. So I think with some clarity, he could have made better decisions, but I think everybody is equally contributed to the ball of sadness. And hate <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, Pat. Um, I hold the Jedi more responsible uh, than most people, I think. Um, and it's it's how they raise these kids. Um, as a dad, my wife my wife said something to me when my son was my firstborn was very, very small and, and she's like, "You're not raising a kid. you're raising an adult. Um, you have to give them the tools they need to be successful later when you're not around. Um, and I know Fern disagrees with me, but they, they don't, they don't teach repression. I don't, I don't believe that. And I don't believe that they are mostly repressed, but what they don't do is they don't teach these kids how to deal with their emotions. They just say, you can't, you can't give into your fear, your anger, your grief, because that, that is, and that is the path to the dark side, because as I said, the force just is, it's how you use it. So my thing is though you can't separate yourself from your emotions you can't make that conscious choice if you don't know how to deal with those things um and we see this especially with grief 
they form these, they, they tell you that uh, personal attachments are bad because um, it does cloud your judgment. I mean, I would do anything for the people I love. That's who I am um, at, at the detriment to maybe somebody else. Um, I think a lot of us would because those are the people that would do the same for us. Um, and as a Jedi, you can't, you can't do that, but they form these master and apprentice bonds. And then, you know, if your master is killed on a mission, it's like, no, the mission comes first, but they've never taught you how to deal with grief in any capacity. Um, we see that with master Comac in the high Republic. We see that with, uh, wreath, um, Silas, uh, he learns that Jorah Malley's got is dead in the battle and they're just like, okay, well, we'll give you a couple days to pick a new master and figure out what you're going to do. Um, we see this immediately with Obi-Wan. Um, his master is dead. And yes, he was planning on, on taking a new Padawan, but his master's dead. And now his, his choice is train Anakin and honor his master but he's he he can't he doesn't have time or space to deal with his master's death, and they teach you not to grieve. They have a funeral for the, the Jedi if the body is recovered. Um, they burn him on a pyre, but but they teach you don't don't grieve. It's it's happy. They're they're one with the Force, and that's a big part of a lot of different religions. But grief is there. You have to be able to process all your emotions if you're going to separate yourself from them. And we, we have no evidence that they teach these kids to do that at all. All right. I like it. And, uh, and Fern? Yes. Um, so I have a few thoughts. Um, the first is that I, this is why I think it's such a shame that we don't see a lot of what the younglings are taught. Um, we don't know what their lessons look like. We don't know what their, we know a little bit about um, their communities that they're raised in. Um, and we know a little bit about what it is like to be a Padawan, obviously, um, but we don't see their lessons. And most of the narratives we receive are through the perspective of like an authority figure. Um, whether that's a member of the council or a master, or whoever else. We don't really see them with creche masters, for example. We don't know if there's youngling therapy or not. I personally would like to believe there is, um, but we we don't know whether or not that exists. Um, we, we do know that therapy droids exist. That, yes. That's a thing. I loved that detail in Light of the Jedi. Um, but um, we... I think that for some people, not everyone, I think this is on an extremely individual basis, these aspects of like, and I'm just gonna broadly use the term religious tradition to refer to the Jedi order can serve those purposes of um, like processing grief, for example. So, you know, and I know you saw my video the other day, my response is sort of, well, having funeral rites, preserving kyber crystals, that sort of thing, that is a way of processing grief. Um, does it work for every individual? No, and that's where we see problems arise, like with Comac. Um, but it is still offering that like framework to process grief. Um, in terms of Anakin and what went, went wrong there, 
I had a really long conversation about this um, on my drive home from work today with my best friend, who I think is in the chat, my friend Eleanor. Uh, and we figured it out. We figured out where the Jedi went wrong and we fixed it. Um, so we think a big part of the problem was that Anakin was never going to be just like the other Jedi because he had this extremely different background. Um, he did not have the same upbringing. He did not have the same experiences as the other Jedi. Um, and yet, and, and that's not something that can be ignored. And yet to deal with that, he was inevitably othered. He was the chosen one. He was special. He was different. And I think that isolated him um, from his peers, from the other Jedi. Um, so I think first step should have been he should not have become a Padawan right away. <laughs> he should have been put in the youngling classes. He should have been given the chance for some social emotional learning. You know, they should have taken a trauma-informed approach to his training. Um, and he should have had the time to just to be a kid with the understanding that things were not going to be normal for him, um, but that that was all right. Um, oh. Yeah. oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> One thing about that, um, the council itself was afraid of this kid. Yeah. And that's that's a big part of why I say that they sort of lost their way. They, they really stopped listening to the will of the force. And that's, we see this happen again um, on Dagobah where Yoda doesn't want to train Luke at all. Like he really, he's not going to do it. He, Luke gets there and he immediately starts trolling him. <laughs> and then he's like, no, you're too brash. You're too arrogant. I'm not going to train you. And then Obi-Wan shows up and is like, listen, dude, it, you kind of got to do this. And he's like, no, there's another one. And it's like, no, she's not here. Like, this is the will of the force. We, 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 we ignored it one time and look what happened. Luke's here. He's the one. And um, it's the lesson that Luke didn't get from Yoda before he passed which he says to Ray um, in, in uh, the rise of Skywalker is trust in the force, trust only in the force. Luke didn't get that lesson until it was way too late. And it's, it, this is why we see the, the Jedi order fall apart twice. Um, and that, that, that's my thing. And we could talk more about um, how I think we could have fixed Anakin, but, um, and I, I also didn't say that, yes, Anakin and Palpatine do share some responsibility, but I think the biggest part of it is uh, the way that Jedi handled him. They, like I said, they, they were afraid of a nine-year-old kid. I mean, yeah. Um, it, it kind of where, where I come down on it is, is there is uh, organizations and then we have the people that make up the organizations um, especially when you read Master and Apprentice and you see like Qui-Gon thought very differently so they asked him to join the council <laughs> um, so there, there are certain things where you know you can have people who take the same lesson and they run in different directions with that lesson and I think that's, that's part of it as well so um I, I think, you know, Obi-Wan, for instance, uh, and I think Fern brought this out in one of her videos, 
deals with things by repressing them, you know? That's not necessarily what, what everyone needs to do, but, um, you know, and, but an, another thing is, is he's not necessarily ignoring his feelings. He, he has them. He almost left the order for, for Duchess Satine. And, you know, he has, he has real conflicts and things. It's, uh, it's, it's a little bit different. Uh, I like how <laughs> Element 7 in the chat brings out, like, picturing <laughs> if, if, uh, Anakin was put in with the other children, but he's, like, way older, like a 14-year-old in that scene where he's, like, truly wonderful the mind of a child is, and it's just, like, <laughs> this huge kid. <laughs> uh, that, that would just be kind of funny to me. Um... But I I have to I have to say I stand by that there's a difference between you know being the cause of something and having the ability to prevent something. Um, if if someone runs you off the road while you're driving, that's that's not your fault. Maybe there are things you could have done to prevent yourself from crashing and dying, or you could slow down or of take evasive maneuvers or things like that. But ultimately there is a person trying to run you off the road, <laughs> you know? So where I always end back on it is Anakin falling is that, that was Palpatine's intention. And he was, a very skilled manipulator. Uh, he convinced the entire galaxy to give up all of their rights <laughs> and all of their money because it, it's because it's better this way. Like that's a smooth operator right there, you know. Um, and I, I just I just wonder because I think if um, and this is something we'll get to is is what what if. Uh, what if Qui-Gon had stayed alive? And so I'm, I'm curious what all of your guys' thoughts of that to its conclusion what might be. Uh, but if if I am you know, putting this on, on the people, there's also... I know I'm kind of all over the place here, but there's also something in stories that they refer to as the villain, villain victim, um, hero kind of triangle which is often problematic because more often than not, the villain of this story is a victim in a different story. And that's how they got from here to there. But not all victims become villains. Some of them ch choose to become heroes or, you know, what whatnot. And so if I'm, like, putting percentages on everything, I, I feel like I got to give, like, 45% Anakin... Because in the end, he did make his choice. Uh, we, we can't absolve him of personal responsibility because there are other people who have had tough decisions to make and they didn't murder children. <laughs> um, after that, I, I, I got to put like 30% on, on Palpatine. Because um, him ending there was his goal this entire time. And then the rest on, on the Jedi, because they didn't give him the tools to resist what Palpatine was doing, but I still I still have to put that on, on Palpatine, because the ability to resist what he's doing 
is is not you, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I feel like I'm all over the place here, but <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's Jessica, a big topic, so. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica, do you have any further thoughts? Yeah, I was kind of thinking as everybody was talking, like, like Fern was saying, grief counseling would have been great. A more um, enlightened approach to his education would have been great, but I can't help but think in the end, would it have changed anything? when we know Palpatine was manipulating like the number of pies that he had his fingers in, honestly, through that entire time for what was it, 20 years or more until he became like the Supreme Emperor, basically. Um, would it have changed whether or not Anakin had the ability to resist that temptation? And I, I like your question about, um, about Qui-Gon, would if he had stayed alive would it have changed something? One of my friends was telling me the other day about an older book that they had read um, that, yeah, I think is in Legends now, that Qui-Gon, you know, had a wife, that he had this completely different life from any other Jedi. He would have been much better equipped to train Anakin, but with Palpatine on the scene, would it have made a difference in the end? Like, everybody bears responsibility but with that amount of manipulation that no one was acknowledging it's such a big what if in my mind I mean, we, we do know that Palpatine was always calling audibles. Like, every time... That's my favorite thing in the Clone Wars. Like, someone's catching on to his trail, and he's like, Hey, Padme, come out to this random spot uh, for no reason. That's cool. Oh, she's yeah. kidnapped. Uh, <laughs> deal with that. I got other stuff. Um, you know, he yeah was, was the king of calling audibles whenever people were starting to get wise to him. Um... But I mean, obviously, certainly the Jedi did not give him the tools that, that he needed. And there definitely should or needs to be some form of uh, reform there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love it. We're all on the <laughs> on the same page. But now, actually, let's let's do that exercise. Let's run that out to its conclusion. What if Qui-Gon didn't die and and he was there to train Anakin, right? So that means he's not being trained. Because I do think another part of the problem is he was being trained by Obi-Wan, who's like an older brother raising raising his younger brother, where a parent would probably be more efficient, have more experience, um, all that good stuff. But um, and also just this, it, it always breaks my heart. I have talked about it before, but like Obi-Wan talks about waking up in the middle of the night and seeing Anakin lying on the floor by his bed because Anakin left left Tatooine, he left his mom with Qui-Gon he hadn't even met Obi-Wan yet he left with Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon dies his mom's gone and Obi-Wan would find him asleep on the floor next to his bed because he was afraid he'd wake up and Obi-Wan would be gone too like it just, it just kind of gets you but anyways, I'll go to Fern first. If uh, Qui-Gon never died, wh what happens? So I have two thoughts about this. Um, the first is something I think about a lot. Um, the idea that there can be the wrong teacher for a student. Um, this is actually something I think of Luminara and Barris, um, because I'm low-key a Luminara apologist. But I think the tragedy of that situation is- I can't get on board is, with that. I know, that's fair. That's totally fair. I 
accept that. I'm, I'm going to have to ask you to leave this podcast. Okay, no, bye. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I, for me, the tragedy of that situation is that it was the wrong teacher for a student. Um, Luminara was not the right person to teach Ferris. And I feel the same way about Obi-Wan as Anakin's teacher. Obi-Wan thought that he needed to be this good role model, that he needed to show Anakin how to be a good Jedi. And what Anakin really needed was to understand that Obi-Wan had struggled just like him, that Obi-Wan had doubted the Jedi Order, that he had had a difficult path. Um, and it's just this like decade-long miscommunication um, where neither neither of them got what they needed and neither was, you know, Obi-Wan was not able to provide what Anakin needed. Um, so for that reason, I, I think Qui-Gon would have been a better teacher for Anakin. I also think that, you know, this was an extraordinary, this was like three extraordinarily traumatic things stacked up on top of each other that happens to Anakin in his childhood. Um, you know, he leaves home um, which can be a traumatic event for a child. He leaves his mother and doesn't know if he's ever going to see her again. Um, and then this person he has sort of uh, almost adopted in a way as this surrogate parent figure dies. Um, it's all these terrible things happening at the same time and it would affect anyone um, negatively and it clearly affected him negatively. And so I think... You know, that is a huge change where if if he'd had more support through this transition period in his life, if things had not been so difficult all at once. Um, again, and I, I agree with what you guys were saying earlier. Like, I think, you know, Palpatine is very much to blame. He, he was grooming Anakin and this was his plan all along. And so would it have changed things ultimately? I don't know, but would it have changed the path to get there? I think absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think things would have been different. Yeah, I, I, I love it. And I, I think uh, I love uh, Julia, Christine, and then the chat is, is talking about how that's why uh, one of the reasons why she loves Voyage of Temptation, the, you know, the, the Satine arc because Anakin is seeing this side of Obi-Wan that he desperately wants to connect to um, because he's finally finding out that his you know older brother's mentor uh, like you've been through this too like how, how come you never told me we've you know um, but yeah uh, Jessica your thoughts what is it that uh, Yoda says to Luke about they are what we grow beyond you know I mm-hmm there were so many instances in which I think Obi-Wan, like Fern was saying, could have could have shared things with Anakin and helped him through what he was working on. But it's such a it's such a um, uh, party of five relationship of the parents having died and now he's stuck with his older brother who isn't equipped to to train him and didn't ask for this. And I'm sure Obi-Wan did everything he could as he's a very responsible person and would see that responsibility and take it on. But I'm sure Anakin felt that that idea of him being a burden that nobody actually wanted there. And had Qui-Gon lived in the first place, he would have been better equipped to think, um, 
think abstractly about what the Jedi were and what they could be and how he contributed to all of that. Would it have changed things in the end with Palpatine? I mean, who's to say it's fiction? But I like to think that he would have done so much better. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's especially, you know, it's, it's a prequel, so it's always going to end at this, this point. But you can't tell me, you know, you, people don't watch Revenge of the Sith like praying he's gonna make a better decision. <laughs> like, don't do it. Don't. Ah, oh, he choked her. Uh, like. Every time. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, how, how about you, Pat? Um. So one thing about Obi Wan that I sort of came to a conclusion on. I think Obi Wan is there, um, to show how how much, especially after reading Master Apprentice, to show how much he actually is like Anakin and like Luke. Um, he's the through line. He is what they would have been with the proper training. Um, and the thing about the thing about Obi-Wan is what, what Fern said is he didn't understand how to give Anakin what he needed. And the, the, the most tragic thing about that is um, after reading Master and Apprentice, which is probably my favorite book and I've only read three, but um, probably my favorite book so far is because Qui-Gon struggled with the same thing. Um, and, and all the things that, that they say about Anakin, all the things that they say about Luke, that he's headstrong, that he's rebellious. They said about Obi-Wan, the creation masters all thought that way about Obi-Wan. He's, he's wild. He's reckless. He, and so putting him with Qui-Gon who was, um, sort of a free thinker and um, not rebellious, but antagonistic almost. I, I can't think of the right word. I'm, I apologize to the order to, to the uh, council. His way, Obi-Wan's then way of rebelling was to become sort of the perfect Jedi, so to speak. Um, so if Qui-Gon had been there, so I, I think there's, there's a few things that could have happened. There's a few ways this could have turned out. Um, if Qui-Gon had been there, I definitely think that Anakin would have been much better equipped to handle what was going on with Sidious. He would have had someone else to look up to, someone else to turn to um, with the force vision of his mother dying, with um, the force vision of Padme dying, because he he didn't feel like he he could tell his big brother because his big brother was was the perfect child. And um, this is why I relate to this so much because I feel the same, the same way in my own family structure. My, my big brother is, is, you know, the, the perfect child. I, I can't do anything right. So yeah, I'm not going to tell my big brother that, you know, I'm getting bullied at school because we're so different. Um, but the, the thing is they're not. And um, I think that, so there's a few things that could have happened. Um, number one, they never should have let Obi-Wan train this kid. I, 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 any one of those masters <laughs> could have taken, any one of them could have taken this nine-year-old boy and given him the tools he needed. Obi-Wan was not ready. And Except I Luminari. really think, yeah. Well, I'm talking about the, the, the masters on the council. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, any one of them could have taken this boy and given given him what they needed, but they were afraid. Yoda says it directly at the at the end of the Phantom Menace. Much fear do I sense in training him. Like, are, are you 
So you're telling this nine-year-old that fear is the path of the dark side, and then you're training the guy that's going to train the nine-year-old that you're afraid of that you're afraid of him. Uh, and um, so the other way I think it could have gone um, in that fight with Maul is uh, Obi-Wan dies, but Qui-Gon lives. Um, I think it would have mostly been the same. Um, they would have let Qui-Gon train him and not have let him live the order, leave the order. If Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon had both left, I think they might have told uh, Qui-Gon, you can train the boy, but you're not doing it here. And I think the, the other good solution, even if Qui-Gon had died, um, the other solution would have been to tell Obi-Wan, you can train him, but you have to leave the order. And I think because of Obi-Wan's devotion and because he made that promise to Qui-Gon, I think that would have been a much better solution. Get the kid off Coruscant. Get him away from all this nonsense. The people who no, nobody there understands him, and he's just going to become a tool. To, to everyone wants to use this kid, and that's what's so tragic about it. Um, so get him off a of Coruscant. Go, go take him. You know, to back to Tatooine. Go take him to Naboo. Go take him anywhere else. Um, Dantooine, Alderaan. Get him out of the order. Get him away from everything. Let him grow up and be a kid because he never got that. He should have been adopted by some Mandalorians. They have such a strong family sense. He would have done so well. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, f- fan fiction is like brewing now. <laughs> um, you know, though, I, I, I mean, I, I really think that if, uh, if, if Qui-Gon had lived and he got, which, we all we all love but you know we, we all stand uh, Qui-Gon here but Qui-Gon was still far from perfect as well and I I, I would love to especially after Master Apprentice uh, because and if, if you haven't read I don't believe you've read it Jessica but there's a point where you know Qui-Gon is offered to be on the council but joining the council would also potentially mean that he has to give up obi-wan as a padawan and obi-wan's 25 like he was aging out of this whole padawan business and i'm i'm just trying to see picture the end of phantom menace and quiet like i'm gonna train this kid and they're like you you have a padawan and you're like well i mean forget that guy <laughs> you know uh so qui-gon lives Obi-Wan falls to the dark side. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding, but that would be an interesting uh, an interesting story. If if Anakin had Qui-Gon to look up to as a, a father figure, a true father figure, there were things, you know, like you said, you wouldn't talk to your older brother, brother about. There are things my younger brother won't talk to me about. There are things I don't talk to my older sister about, but um, she's gone off the deep end but that's a <laughs> that's a topic for another day um uh, but that, that's actually one of the reasons i do think about this because my sister does remind me a, a bit of anakin where she actually was highly skilled at everything she did all of the time to like a frustrating degree um in that it, you know ended up becoming part of part of her downfall uh qui-gon would have most importantly kept him away from palpatine 
Qui-Gon would have been a person that Anakin could talk to about things that he thought might get him in trouble with the council. And I think that's what Anakin needed. But also without... So if, if he had got that, that's what he wanted. It's kind of like when... Um, you want protein, but the only thing around is McDonald's. So you have to eat like three McDoubles in order to get enough to be satisfied. It's not healthy. You know what I mean? And that's, that's you know, Anakin was trying to find what he needed wherever he could get it. That was Palpatine. If he could get it from a, a healthier source like Qui-Gon, that conversation wouldn't have happened. And uh, I like to believe that with as skilled as Anakin was and as big of a heart he had as a kid. I mean, he was like a slave kid and he's like, yeah, I custom built this pod racer out of the junk that I found. I'd be willing to, you guys sponsor me. I'll race it for you. I will give you a hundred percent of the winnings and the pod racer itself. And you're like, but, but don't you understand ownership of property and he'd be like technically i am property so i don't know <laughs> um which is making i'm just making myself sad now anyway <laughs> but um yeah i i stand by you know him rising through the ranks and them putting him on the council eventually becoming the head and he could be the one to bring that reform like if obi-wan doesn't die the jedi don't fall that's that's what I'm seeing here. Um, oh, one, one more thought before we move on. The other thing, too, is that um, as far as we know, Obi-Wan didn't have any Force visions. So that's such a big part of Master and Apprentice. When Anakin starts having these visions, it, there's no one for him to talk to. Um, cause we don't, we don't get any of that, at least as far as I know of any of them having experience with this. The only one that did was Qui-Gon and he could have told him the thing about all of the, the four visions that I've said a million times, I'll say it a million more is the force visions always come true. And the thing that's even crazier is it's like the Oracle of Delphi. They often come true because of the steps that the heroes take to avoid it. And so the only one who really has a, a concrete knowledge of that was Qui-Gon himself. So he could have said, look, kid, we can try to stop this, but I've seen this before. The force is telling you this. We need, we need to, you need to be able to grieve this loss that you're going to have. Well, so th there, there is, I mean, that, that does make me think of one, one other, uh, piece of canon nugget <laughs> if you will that um and this comes from i believe it's it's dooku jedi lost where we find out that one of these jedi masters um had kind of gone off the rails right and they they had this kid and the, the kid was force sensitive so they pretended they found this kid and they were force sensitive brought him back to the order this kid was having all sorts of problems and all this stuff and finally this truth came out and Yoda was like, why don't you just tell me? I would have helped you. <laughs> I want to help you. You know, and then that just directly makes me think of Attack of the Clones, where Anakin is having these visions, and he goes to talk to Yoda. And I, a lot of people cite this as, like, a, a systematic problem from the Jedi, but the truth is, Anakin doesn't 
tell Yoda any information relevant to him being helped. He's like, uh, I'm having visions that someone I know who's close to me might get hurt. And I'm like, what does Yoda think? He was like, oh, he probably has a Jedi friend who's fighting this war, and that person might die. It's true. A lot of us have. So it's, uh, yeah, you know, re rejoice that they lived as your friends and celebrate their, their life. You know, don't don't be destroyed by, by their death. But he has no way of knowing. Like, no, I'm in love with this girl who I've known since I was nine, and... You know, like, he has no way of knowing we're going to have a kid together. Like, those are some important details if you're looking for advice. That's all. Yes. It's, it's like real therapy. It's like IRL earth therapy. You have to be forthcoming. Like, you have to be willing to actually talk and share the details. And in this case, especially relevant and pertinent details. <laughs> so. The thing with that, though, is so it's like, okay, I don't want to share these details, but does that mean I can't be a Jedi anymore? Like he said, like he sacrificed everything to be a Jedi at this point, like everything, his mom, his home, everything. So it's like, if I tell you this, are you going to kick me out? And it all goes back to like his first interaction with Yoda is Yoda being like, no, sorry. So uh, I'm sorry to step out of you. I just yeah no and no I, I, yeah go ahead sorry you go ahead <laughs> oh no 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 I'm here for you guys I will always <laughs> shut up you guys always keep going um I completely understand where that fear comes from for Anakin but also um I asked Element about this a while ago like have we actually seen a Jedi be expelled from the Order for something like attachments right and. Apparently the answer is no, uh, which was what I thought. Um, and it reminded me of um, like, there are so, some elements of um, like, I get, I'm gonna get this wrong because I was raised Jewish and I'm still Jewish, but like, I don't have a super solid background um, in like Judaica studies. But I guess like there are some Talmudic rules that like cannot actually be enforced. Yes, they're on the books of like, these are the rules, but there's no way to enforce them. They're not meant to be enforced. They're not meant to be like actually punishable. Um, and it reminds me of that. Yes, there is this sort of vague threat of expulsion from the Jedi Order. However, that's not something that ever actually occurs. Um, it could be that it does occur and we just don't see it or we haven't seen an example of it yet and nevertheless the fear exists for Anakin and that's why that's what matters um but interesting point yeah I mean because we we have ah Ahsoka but that was a different situation that was like hey there are military and civilian deaths and you there has to be a trial otherwise the government is going to storm the Jedi <laughs> you know but um yeah, you're right. Even like you know, if we're looking at legends, when when Depa Balaba fell straight to the dark side, um, I mean, when anyone we've seen start falls to the dark side and starts doing crazy things, they're they're welcomed back. Like we we want you back. Quinlan Voss fell to the dark side, did some bad stuff. They brought him back. You know. Um, but, but yeah, I don't, I, I, I like it. 
<laughs> so my next question is uh i guess what is what's the overall message that that we as the viewers or that we as kids when we were first watching this what what are we supposed to have taken from it um I'm curious what your guys' thoughts on this is. Uh, we'll go to you, Pat. Um, so the overall theme of Star Wars always is hope. Um, and it's not just like hope exists. It's about finding is it hope, hope in floats? the darkest of times. Uh, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm just, I got, got Sandra Bullock on the brain. Anyways. <laughs> Um, that's understandable. Uh, it's just, it's finding hope in the darkest of times. Like um, everybody kind of sucks during, during the late Republic. Like the Jedi have Padawans fighting in the war. Uh, the clones are basically like they're 16 year olds, but old. Um, and even during the time of the empire and everything else, it's just, it's, it's finding, it's finding and doing the right thing, finding those nuggets of hope uh, and doing, doing the right thing. Um, in, in spite of all this, this darkness, that's always there. Um, and I guess the, the message for us is to, to trust that doing the right thing is enough. Um, you know, the trust in the force message, you know, do, do the right thing because it's the right thing. And that will get you where you need to be. Yeah. So you saying the thing about the, putting kids on the front line is, is I just thought straight up Ahsoka of like, Hey, you're a 14 year old girl in a tube top. Uh, go to Christophsis to the front line, fight a bunch of battle droids. <laughs> like, huh? That's kind of sus. Uh, <laughs> uh, how about you, you, Fern? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, for me, Star Wars is always about radical hope, like regardless of era, regardless of point of view. Um, it's always about the idea that um, through action and through community and <clears throat> through doing the right thing, like it is possible to overcome great odds. Um, and the fact that the, the Jedi Order does sort of persist, even after it falls more than once, um, <laughs> that it's able to come back. For me, that is like that, that little crumb of radical hope uh, that persists through every trilogy. Yeah. And uh, Jess, Jessica? Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. And if we don't care about people on an individual basis and the experiences that they're going through, then you're going to perpetuate suffering. And so we need to be kind to each other and reach out to those that we see are in distress and try to foster open, honest communication with the people that we love and help people who are in mental distress you know don't throw them by the wayside i love it so what you're saying is team cap team captain america uh, <laughs> <laughs> um okay i i, I love, so what what i take from it and from all star wars 
is that um, your past does not define you. And that, that does go hand in hand with hope, but a, a lot of it is the icy is I made a, mispa- a mistake in the past. Am I irredeemable? Uh, you can always do better. <laughs> you, you don't have to. Yes, you, you may have made a left turn back here. You don't have to keep going down that path. You know, you might be further from your end goal than you want to be, but you can still head in the right direction. Uh, and so that's that's kind of what I take from pretty much pretty much all of, of Star Wars. Yeah, it's it, your past does not define you. What you were, where you came from, who your family is. Um, you know, even those who have fallen to the dark side. So yeah, that's that's where I go <laughs> come from. Um, okay, cool. I had another topic, and I will spend less time on it, but I think less time needs to be spent on it. Um, this is the Empire versus the Republic. Because this is another thing that I do here is the Empire didn't do anything wrong. Um, <laughs> I, I, I legitimately give that comment uh, at least once a day. So... Um, <laughs> I'm curious on your guys' thoughts on, you know, is is that true? Um, is it possible for you to be a good person and an, and an Imperial? Is, is that a thing? And, uh, and if the Empire is so bad, then why did, and the Republic was so good, why did the Republic fall? I know it's kind of a complex question, but I'm, I feel confident that, uh, my, my big brained guests are up to the challenge. Um, we will go to, uh, to Jessica first. Um, I'm going to go with the question of can you be a good person and be in the empire? Because I was, um, when I saw that question, I was thinking about specific instances where we see people who are good people who are in these, uh, the empire or um, later in um, the First Order, people like Galen Urso or um, Callus or Finn or Sienna Ray and Thane Kyrell, like you see these people, you see that they are arguably good people and they have a conscience and they see things that are happening and they decide that they can't be part of that. But the goodness that defines them forces them to extradite themselves from the empire. So to say, oh, I'm going to change things from within this corrupt empire, I don't see how that's necessarily a possible thing. Not when they're trying to cut you off at the feet through every... I was reading a biography um, about a lady that grew up in communist China from the time she was a little girl during the cultural revolution and the the Chinese culture was very family oriented and what the cultural revolution did was turn family against each other where you had to report on your family and your neighbors and everyone around you and if you didn't you would get 
you would get reprimanded. It would be bad for you. And you kind of see that with um, Sairi and Thane at one instance, where you see them, the, the empire turning them against each other and turning their thinking against each other. The institution itself is corrupt and designed to make it so that you have no one to trust to try to change things from within. So no, I don't think a good person can stay in the empire, not for long. Not if you're, not unless you're completely lying to yourself about what you can do, because you can't change it, because it's an evil empire. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Evil Empire is also a great album by Rage Against the Machine. But, um, <laughs> Pat, do your thoughts on it? Um, considering I know I asked a lot of questions, know. but yeah, you can answer <laughs> all of them or pick one of them or do whatever. Considering what we all know about what the Empire is based on with, you know, stormtroopers, can you be a good person and do that? I, I gotta agree with Jessica here. It's, it's if you are a good person, um, then yeah, I mean... You can do your your best. You can like if you're if you're in a high position of power just because of who you were in the Republic, and you're you're doing things to subvert the Empire, um, and you're trying to you know use your position to save lives or something like that, then yes. But otherwise, no. Um, and more to it, like to the era of the late Republic, like. They allowed slavery. Like, yeah, it's against the law, but it's against the law in the same way it is in the United States. Like, we need free, cheap labor, so we're going to let them do it. And it's even more galling to me that the Jedi didn't do anything about this. Um, and I made a video about, about this and Yoda. He was like, well, what would you have us do about this slavery? It's like something. Um, he's, uh, when, when Twygon's talking about Master and Apprentice, it's like the Zerka Corporation has slaves because they, because they can and nobody's doing anything because the Zerka Corporation means uh, more planets for the Republic and more hyperspace lanes and that's like a big that was a big shock to me when I read that I was like mm. wow <laughs> um, so yeah the Empire's not, uh, I mean, the, the Republic's not perfect, and it's fallen a long way, but it's not, it's not the same thing as the Empire, where the Empire is literally designed to ethnically cleanse the galaxy. <laughs> like, that's what he was doing. I mean, come on. It's, there's really no comparison for me. Yeah, no, I... Definitely. Uh, like, there's a small amount of people that the Empire is good for. And it's great for those people. It's <laughs> detrimental for everyone else. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's rough out there. Uh, how, how about you, Fern? Oh, also, I just said <laughs> this, this conversation actually makes me want to watch the movie Swing Kids again. It's a, it's, it's a great movie. It's, if you haven't seen it. Uh, but, Fern, your thoughts? Yeah, um, the 
the empire like they're fascists the empire are fascists <laughs> and it's wild to me to go to you know galaxy's edge at disney world and then they've got their little shop that's all just first order and empire merch and it's like you realize that you realize what this is designed after right like you understand what the sort of aesthetic inspiration for this was right you're comfortable with that okay cool um it it makes me uncomfortable and i'm a person who's really invested in redemption arcs i find them really compelling like chaka what you were saying earlier about like your past doesn't define you um but i think in order to have a redemption arc you need to do like real repentance um real work to like undo the wrongs you've done um you know i think of sabine wren she she was a kid and she joined the imperial academy um and she left when she realized exactly how wrong what the work she was doing was um i remember callus being this really controversial figure when rebels was still coming out um whether or not he was deserving of a redemption arc whether or not he was capable as a character of doing that sort of repentance um, partially just because like he was not a main character so would there be space in the story for that sort of thing um, so I'm I simultaneously like am very invested in that kind of narrative but also agree with all of you you can't be a good person and stay in the empire for long um, but it's also true that the republic was deeply deeply flawed and more and more I think of Coruscant and this because that's like, I, I've always loved Coruscant, um, but the almost cartoonishly exaggerated wealth disparity that exists in Coruscant, the fact that the lower levels don't have clean air to breathe. They've never have, seen the sun. They've never seen the sun. They, it's unsafe. Um, they can't get, you know, basic necessities. They can't get food and water and I guess healthcare. They don't really go into detail about the healthcare situation on Coruscant, but I imagine it's not good on the lower levels. And the fact that that exists, that that, that wealth disparity existed on, in, in, not only in the core worlds, but like on Coruscant, so close to the Jedi, so close to the Senate, I mean, is not surprising to me, um, but definitely is, I think, like, all, all the evidence I need to feel that the Republic was also just deeply, deeply, deeply flawed. Not fascism, though. So, like, I guess a point in that box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, like, where where I always come down on it is that there is is it's not it's not it's not a binary, right? This is a continuum. There there is bad. There is worse. There is no perfect. Um, and and that's the thing is there is nothing that's gonna be perfect, but there are gonna be some things that are just bad. Uh, <laughs> um, and there's there's a, a quote from from Lost Stars. It's it's actually not the one I, I wanted, but it's, it's the one I found in time for me to start talking. <laughs> it was the Empire might have demanded that they sacrifice their souls, but at one point the majority of these people had been no worse than any others. All that was good in them had been lost to the Empire and to the war. Surely that was worth grieving for. And so, yeah, that's... That pretty accurately depicts 
my my thoughts on it. Um, I can't think of the exact quote, but you know there was there's someone that said um, that they will ask you to compromise just just once, but then they'll ask you to do it again <laughs> and, and again until you can no longer recognize yourself or, or come back. Lost Stars is a great book. Everyone read it. Read everything Claudia Gray writes. Um, you will not be disappointed at Working any point in time. Uh, yeah, it, it is. It is all great. It makes me think of um, what what Anakin says to Ahsoka when uh, the the clones keep saluting her as commander, and she's like, "They shouldn't. Sh they shouldn't salute me. I'm not a commander anymore." And he says, "Well, loyalty loyalty means everything to the clones. And at the end of the day, the Empire isn't loyal to anyone that it has. Like any second, Darth Vader could just come up and choke you because." You know, you came out of a hyperspace a little bit too early or something like that. There is no loyalty when you're guided by a Sith Lord. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I love it. Plus, I, I, got, I have Julia bring up Nash Windrider who, like, the he's, he's from Alderaan. And, and um, the Empire was not kind to Alderaan. But he rationalizes it with if if the empire loses if we lose that means that all of them died for nothing so he just doubles down on on his efforts and you're like no <laughs> don't don't do that maybe he and anakin together should have gone to grief counseling probably that probably would have been for the best um awesome i i, I love it so the other thing I wanted to say is uh, I don't think that Darth Sidious was a good Sith Lord at all. Um, a lot of the other Sith Lords, like, their thing was to elevate the Sith, to pass pass on the thing, and have their apprentice be more powerful than them eventually. That was the whole thing that Bane started, and Sidious didn't want any of that, and it shows in the Empire he was the most selfish. And they all are selfish, but he was the most selfish. He, all, he wanted to rule everything forever. Um, the, all the other Sith Lords in the Baynite tradition were, what they wanted was to elevate each next generation, and he didn't want another generation, which is why Operation Cinder existed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Operation Cinder is uh, I'm taking the ball and I'm going home. And, and I'm also going to burn down the hoop. Uh, <laughs> screw you guys. Like, that's literally the... Destroy your neighborhood. And... <laughs> um, no, I, I, I love it. That's great points. This, this, this is a great conversation. I, I'm <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm sad that I'm out of topics. But... <laughs> I, I, I gotta ask you guys though we got a lot of stuff that's coming down the pipeline and uh, I have to know I, like this is a I don't I think it's a great time for Star Wars fans myself because we we have we have so much we have a brand new time period um, if you're uh, a geek like me you're reading all these books and, and, and all this stuff um, 
what what project that's coming down are you guys the most excited for? And I'll go to uh, Fern first. More High Republic stuff, definitely. Um, but next to that, I think Kenobi is what I am currently most excited for. Um, and an Obi-Wan-centric story is something I've wanted for a very long time. And I'm just so excited to watch it all play out. I have such high hopes for it. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. How about you, Jess? I'm super excited for Kenobi as well. I I so am so so happy that um, that we're gonna see Anakin again, that we're gonna see um, Kenobi again. Obviously, I love the both of them. I am hoping and praying for some Maul because after finishing Rebels and Clone Wars recently, he is like my favorite comeback story, and I would just love even in flashbacks or in bad dreams or anything to see a little bit more Maul. He's <laughs> so amazing. But the long-term thing that I'm super excited about is the Ryan Johnson trilogy is still being in the works because I love Ryan Johnson so much. I think the Brothers Bloom is like in my top five favorite movies ever. It's so beautiful, his storytelling, his characterizations. I love Knives Out. And of course I love The Last Jedi. That is. That is in my top three up there. So I am super, super excited when it when they said recently that yeah, that's still coming. I I will wait for it. I, will be <laughs> I always am. I'm so excited. Um, also, I, well, okay, I, I apologize. So I've I've known Jessica personally for a very, very long time. Um, sure. I, I I have to ask because I know that you weren't especially fond of the prequels. But now you're excited to see Anakin come back, so I, I gotta I gotta ask about this this journey, <laughs> if that's okay. Sorry uh, if I'm adding you. I don't I don't hate the prequels. I was thinking about it the other day, and I think it's actually it easily been 20 years since I watched the Phantom Menace, and having rewatch having watched the Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff, I do want to go back and watch it with like. A different perspective. I didn't hate them, but it was just one of those things where, um, like, I went in expecting to feel emotions, and I was told what I should feel instead of shown what I should feel, like, if that makes sense. So I watched the end scene with Obi-Wan and with Anakin, and I was like, oh, this is intense. They're telling me it's intense. They're telling me I should, I should feel something for these characters, and I just... I, I just never got there. Like I expected to cry for Padme and I never got there. And then you watch Clone Wars and they show you that whole brother relationship and they show you that, yeah, you were my brother. I loved you. And it's painful. And like five minutes into the, um, the, the, the ending of Clone Wars, like where you see Cody on the bridge and you see Anakin and you see Obi-Wan just tears because they had set that up. So there were things that I expected. I don't hate the prequels. I love a lot of things that came out of them, but yeah, I think I need to go back and rewatch them and reevaluate my opinions about them. Um, but, but with everything that they've done with, um, 
The Mandalorian and what they've done with Star Wars recently, I have complete confidence that the Obi-Wan series is going to be just, just incredible. And I, I usually approach things with a, I'm going to have fun no matter what, because, because it's going to be fun. It's Star Wars. More Star Wars is always good. So I'm going to be happy for it. But I, I'm pretty confident that this will be good. It's been how long in the making? It's going to be good, guys. It's great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A- abs- absolutely. Now, I like to approach everything with this is terrible and Kathleen Kennedy needs to <laughs> uh, be fired out of a cannon. Or, no, I, I, I don't understand. I, I really don't understand the perspective of coming into it expecting not to like something. Why, if you don't expect to like it, why are you coming into it? You don't have to. <laughs> no one's making you. No one wants to hear that. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, how about you? Uh, how about you, Patrick? What, which, uh, which project are, are you excited for? Um, first, I want to say that, Jess, if you want a fresh perspective on yeah. the prequels, I don't know who you have available, but um, the best thing that I ever did, because I was I grew up in the OT, and the prequels, when they came out, I liked them because they're Star Wars, but I was like, yeah, you know, they're the prequels. Watch it with a young kid, like six, seven years old. My son, I tried to get him to watch uh, A New Hope, and he was just like, eh, because it's slow. Oh, you, you got you went silent for me. Can everyone hear him? Uh, Pat, if you can hear us, you, you, went, uh, you went quiet on us. I froze up. Yes. Uh, my yeah, back. You're sorry. You're, you're I'm back sorry. now. So okay. All right. So, <laughs> so you, you, your your kid didn't want to watch A New Hope because it was slow, and then continue yeah, the and then he he loved Phantom Menace. So just feed off the joy of like a six or six year old ish kid, um, going through the the prequels, and that'll that'll change your perspective because it totally changed mine. Um, as far as the projects that I'm most excited for, um, I go back and forth between um rogue squadron because i love spacecraft and dogfights and pew pew lasers um and patty patty jenkins can totally bring uh like choco always says her dad was a fighter pilot so she could bring the, the good drama to that but the thing that i i have to watch i mean i'm going to watch all of it but the thing i i need in my life right now is um rebels because that is the thing we we got left on this giant cliffhanger. I'm sorry, the Ahsoka show, because we got left at the giant cliffhanger at the end of Rebels, and my mind still hurts. <laughs> um, however many years later, I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> and then they tease, then they tease it out, and they're like, oh, Thrawn, they're like where's Thrawn? I know you're working for him. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like they didn't die in the vacuum of space? What? <laughs> so that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> That's a great place to be at. I'm right there with you for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm I'm super I'm super excited for uh, for Ahsoka because like the background was the Virgin Scatter. What does that mean? Come on. Uh, <laughs> also, you know, I, I have uh, Element Seven here in the chat. We haven't discussed this at all, but there's there's actually been rumors of a separate. Thrawn Ezra show that I just came across today. I just found this out 
today. Um, and if that's the case, that's what I need. Uh, I have I have some some wild theories about uh, about hyperspace. It is actually being part of the force and like technology accessing the force of you know if, if you are in a bubble of space time and we understand that um hyperspace travel you know it, it makes it related to the world between worlds because that's essentially what you would be doing or the, the living force and then if you think about how the purgle travel and them being force sensitive because ezra could talk to them and same thing with the loaf wolves which are opening you know things and traveling to the other side of the planet there's something there there's 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 something there's something there and i need to know what that is um the acolyte i love the darth bane trilogy we don't have any true canon dark side stuff like we we don't we don't have anything solid i mean in Legends, like, the Darth Bane trilogy is pretty much all we have as far as books. We, we do have some stuff in, in comic form, but uh, Acolyte, that's that's definitely that's definitely something I'm interested in as well. Um, Alright, awesome. I, I love it. Okay, alright, alright. So, this is this is the final question. Um, because we, we got to talk about what projects you guys are excited for. And I've, I've asked this pro question before for you guys, but um, a couple things. Do you have any final thoughts on our conversation to, to wrap up? That's, that's A. B is where can we find you if you are creating more, more content? Because I definitely want you to be able to plug, you know, whatever you, whoever you are, whatever you're doing. And C... If you could greenlight any project, you choose what the next project is. What are you choosing, and and why? And uh, we'll we'll go with uh, we'll start with Jess Jessica. Oh, oh, I don't know. We should go to someone else first. Um. Well, well, then we'll start with uh, we'll start with Patrick first. <laughs> Um, so final thoughts, uh, we agree on a lot more than I thought we would, uh, just watching you guys is on TikTok. So, um, that was interesting. I thought I was going to be like <laughs> trying to having to defend myself all night because, uh, you, you guys know a lot more about this than I, you're more well-read than I am, but, um, well, if I can just, yeah, just I, say it's... one thing real, real quick, <laughs> even between like when I talk to people that hate what I love as long as those people aren't toxic, you usually end up finding out that the difference between you and them is a, 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 degrees. It's such a yeah. small difference <laughs> that I don't understand why toxicity exists in general. It just doesn't make sense to me. But uh, sorry, can I continue? <laughs> um, and so if you want to, uh, a project I would green light. Um, I said last week in the in the comments was um, I want to see a procedural crime drama set like 200 BBY where um, the Jedi are like um, the Jedi are solving crimes that are too big for like the local marshals or whatever. Think of it like a combination between like law and order and NCIS. Like if you have like a, a huge spice runner or, you know, the huts are really active over here. Um, that's what the Jedi do now because well, 
hopefully the galaxy's at peace for a little while again. Um, and finally, you can find me on TikTok at uh, Xcore Gamer Skills. Uh, it's a terrible name. I made it 20 years ago, <laughs> and it's been my screen name ever since. If you ever see that name, it's me. Um, <laughs> the, you can find me there. Um, I have about 120-odd followers. So uh, thank, I just want to thank you guys also uh, for having me on, talking to me, and um, just that I, I enjoy you guys so much. I'm, I'm so glad to be a part of uh, this community, considering how resistant I was to TikTok and I was like, no, that app's not for me. And then I got on it and uh, this community has been so welcoming and so inviting. And I'm so glad to be a part of it just because of this, like this, this is what I love. I don't have anyone that I know that's this passionate about star Wars in my personal uh, life. And so to come on here and be so accepted by the community it just means the world to me. I think I can't thank you guys enough just for listening to what I have to say. Yeah, it, it's it's a wonderful place. Like it, it's a, it's a crazy wonderful place to to be. Um, uh, also, I don't know if you've read uh, the Ahsoka book, but that's not yet, not yet. Okay, so so please read it, and uh, and then I will reach out to you probably in three weeks to a month at max uh we'll be doing a round table discussing the book so if, if you want to join okay. then then now's the time and i recommend that audiobook because uh ashley Eckstein reads it herself so it's read by ahsoka um anyways fern how about you yeah i am also pleasant well not surprised but definitely happy to see how much we have uh in common on these this topic um i am tiktok's resident jedi apologist um and i know that that can be a controversial take sometimes so i was super super happy and excited to be invited on to this week's episode and to talk with y'all um I am going to cheat a little and talk about two projects I would greenlight um, because one is just West Wing style Star Wars show it, and it would need to be as serious as the West Wing is like I don't I want to learn the intricacies of the Senate and how it works and how like you know things get done and how laws get um, you know how bills get passed and stuff like that um, would love to see that. The second thing is I want a short story collection that is um, the, the, the premise is like folk tales collected from the outer rim. And the foreword is written by Reith Silas and Comac Vitus. <laughs> uh, and it is the stories that they have collected on their travels uh, throughout the frontier. I think that would be so neat. We would learn so much um, about these different cultures and also about the way that um, you know, a folklorist does their job, which we learn a little bit about in uh, Into the Dark. And I think Lucasfilm should let me write it. So Lucasfilm, <laughs> I'm available. I have a degree in creative writing. <laughs> um, I, I know a literary agent, uh, if you ever want to connect with him. Um, he said he was going to show up. I don't know if he's in the chat, but I, I do know a uh, literary agent and part-time novelist. Um, I I love everything you do. I love your thoughts. So uh, I don't think you follow me, but I am on Discord. You 
go ahead I got to uh, follow message you right me. Now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you can find me on TikTok at Fern, Fern AMG. Almost got my own username wrong. Um, and I, I make content like this all the time. So come check it out. <laughs> all right. Wonderful. And last but certainly not least, my good friend Jessica. This has just been really enjoyable um, being able to unapologetically geek out over things that you're really passionate about and you don't have to temper it down. You don't have to um, censor it or uh, moderate how much you say you really love something to be taken seriously. It's really nice and I appreciate the community that Brandon has created here and I've been really enjoying listening to that. So it's been it's been a really fun enjoyable way to spend the evening and i'm excited that there's more content constantly coming up for everybody to be excited about and show their appreciation for and at the end of the day i think there's uh there's more in star wars that pulls us together and shows us our humanity than there is that uh divides us and mm -hmm. pulls us apart so i think that's always a good thing Absolutely. All right. So what, what project are you going to green light? You, you have the green light stamp. Um, you're, you're in Kathleen Kennedy's office and she's like tied up. She can't like stop you from green lighting this project. What, what oh, are you going to make? She's a delightful person. I think I'd green light uh, Fern's idea. I would love to see an Aaron Sorkin style walk and talk with the, the quick pass off and the unresolved, unrequited love in the Senate. That would be amazing. Come on, I think uh, something between that and Gilmore Girls would just be a delightful Star Wars sort of sort of thing. Okay, okay. But if we're being really serious, I'd love to see some um, some pirate content. I'd love to see some Hondo Anaka. I'd love to see some just downright skullduggery. Maybe something Indiana Jones style. I, but honestly, whatever they want to dish out to me, I will gladly take i i love both of those actually i i want <laughs> so now now i kind of want to be the uh the random person here and be like i need a um you know what actually i i have said this before but i'm gonna kind of change up the option a little bit i, I need something Sort of like Parks and Rec. It's more like Parks and Rec. And that is going to take place at Dex's Diner. Where, like, the other workers and stuff and, like, the robots are going to, like, talk to the, the camera and be like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know what's going on with you. And they're like, <laughs> and and it's it's going to be like uh, JJ's Waffles inside of Parks and Rec, but it's Dex's Diner. While at the same time, same time we also have these like marvel like civil war style uh not civil war uh winter soldier style undertones because dex is really in the witness protection program that guy knows way too much uh so it's like a comedy but there are assassins around <laughs> is is he in the witness protection program or is he just a retired operative yeah, he could just be retired. Like his, when he was undercover, he he was a, a chef, and then discovered that he actually really liked it. So when he retired, that's he opened a restaurant, and he's like 
on Coruscant, but he also thwarts gang activity in his spare time. <laughs> but it's a comedy. So it's uh, that's what I need. It's it's um, burn notice, but with <laughs> it's Dexter Jetster with Parks and Rec. Yeah, we we have uh, a Mac uh, Yakulik in the chat. He says Parks and Dex. <laughs> yeah, let's let's yeah this this needs to be a thing. Uh, but uh, all right, guys, thank you so much for for joining me uh, on this. This has been an awesome conversation, um, and I hope to have everyone on again. And I I say this all the time, but it actually kills me because. Whenever I have a bunch of good guests, you want to have them on again, but like, you end up with too many good guests. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I all of you guys will be back uh, when I get a topic that's worthy of of your expertise. But thank you so much for for joining and being part of this community, and may the force be with you always, and also with you. <laughs> good night. <laughs>